This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. I was surfing back in the day and uh, mate, that was that opened my eyes up to uh, the thrill of uh, catching the perfect wave but putting yourself in situations where it was quite life-threatening. I remember surfing uh, big outside corners of the Luwatus and a set come in and it was like, it looked massive and I, I ducked, dived as, as low as, as deep as I could and it just, I got tumbled across that reef, popped up with the last bit of breath to another set coming on the head and paddled out the back and said, man, what do I love doing this stuff for, you know? It was really testing me and then I, I ended up uh, paddling into another wave and it was like looking over the side of this massive cliff like that drop in and thought, that's why we do it, you know? The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. The world is changing so fast. There are now 7.6 billion people on Earth, 3.2 billion are active on social media, and that number is growing at 10% every single month. Unless you, use, unless you learn to use social media advertising for your business within the next three years, chances are your business won't improve sales or possibly survive. Social media and the introduction of the mobile phone device has completely disrupted the industry as we know it. Eyeballs are now effectively the currency of trade. I stole that today off the LinkedIn profile of my guest. It's amazing, it's true, and uh, it's what we're going to be talking about today. Thank this you, Brett. I appreciate Bull, you inviting Surfing me back. Life, PulseX, Play Hard Sports, just to name a few. He's now the director of Dart Marketing and has just landed a big fish with the iconic brand Hard Rock Cafe. Can happen. He's a fellow fanboy supporter of the great man Gary Vaynerchuk, who I got to meet last week. Uh, this Leeds. is Steve Dart. Welcome, champion. That's great. No worries, when buddy. Yeah, this is the second time we've done this. The first time we uh, we had a few minor uh, technical issues. Uh, so yeah, last time we uh, we did this, we we said a few things we weren't supposed to say. So we uh, we we had to can some of that, but uh, due to, to confidentiality purposes. But that's all good. Let's, you're such a good host. Like I was very comfortable. I was just rolling with it. And before I knew it, I was like, <laughs> I sucked all the information and, and when out I of you. Back, I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> That's all good, mate. Well, welcome back. Thank um, you. Thanks for coming in. We're going to go through a few things today, um, go a bit about your life, and I want to hear about that and obviously right. some of the new new stuff that you're doing. But, mate, I had an opportunity last week, which is something I know you've done as well, to meet uh, meet the great man, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mate, isn't he inspirational? He's the most humble bloke I've ever met in yep. my life. Yep. He was so thankful. Yep. And you look at this guy, there was a thousand people in the room. Yep. Everyone was cheering and he was hyping them all up and he was talking about empathy and talking yep. about this. Gratitude. At the end, when we when we all sort of got to meet him and shake his hand and get a photo and all that sort of stuff, he was just such a nice bloke. Yep. It's, it's no bullshit. And that's yep. the bit I liked about it is the fact that he hypes all these people up, he speaks his mind. And it's actually him. Like yeah. you can, you can see the difference sometimes between these celebrities that are that are there just for the fame and fortune and all that sort of shit. He's just actually a good dude. Yeah. He was asking me about my shoes. I had my uh, my my GV double ones on. Them? Hey, no, Did- I got a hat sign, a few other cool. things. But he was asking about them, and I told him the story how it took uh, nearly a month to get here because they went via San Fran and through friends and blah blah. And so he was having a good laugh at that. But. Uh, Mate, just as a bloke, I was I was really impressed. So, yeah, and it was really interesting to see. I started following him uh, in twenty fifteen, I think it was, and to see the difference between him then and now, from being the hype master now to just talking about empathy and and so he's gone full circle, which is really good. Yeah, I met him in Sydney when I was down there for a um, business presentation he put on, and uh, 
I, I was in line to meet him and I, I was the only one, everyone had a book to sign except I had two basketballs. <laughs> I was from Play Hard Sports and I, we had Brandon basketballs and I just wanted to also pass through to him and give him something back. And when he was signing the books, he was sort of hurriedly doing it, saying thanks and being the kind guy he is. And when he, when he signed the basketball, he looked at me and said, man, I love basketball. I said, I know you do. And he goes, I love So he took a bit more time to sign it because yeah, obviously yeah. the texture. And I, I got one of the basketballs and I said, hey, that other basketball's for Xander, your son. And he looked at me and said, wow, thanks so much. And I said, look, you've done so much for me. Um, here's my, here's my give back. So nice. pass it through. Well, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I got a Jets hat signed and he said to me about, uh, do you follow the Jets? I said, of course I follow the yeah. Jets, but you've got an Australian punter. Yep. And uh, yeah, he was just having a good laugh. So yep. no, it was really good, mate. It was really good. You don't mean Ipswich Jets, do you? No, I don't mean the Ipswich. Even though the Ipswich Jets have the two best coaches uh, in the Walker Brothers that okay. I believe should be in the NRL. Yep. So I, uh, I'm i a big fan. Uh, a few years ago we had an opportunity to do some stuff with the Titans and my big push was for to get the Walker Brothers to coach the Titans. Wow. Because the way that they actually – the attitude they have towards rugby league is completely different to everyone else in the world. If you're a prop and you're running and you can see I can do a chip and chase, they'll let you. Right. So they instead of just five five forward, kick for touch, five, they just let the players do what they think's best at the time. Sure. And yeah, I, I think I, I'm a big fan of the switch Jets. You couldn't make it happen? No, didn't happen. Okay. Okay. Could like to. Okay. No, I mean, still pushing for it. Yeah. Mate. You make uh, things happen, mate. Mate, you're back twice. <laughs> Thank you. So, mate, first thing away I like to start this is, is to find out how, how from a long, long time ago is what's your first ever memory? The last one I gave you, uh, I won't touch on. You had to think about yeah, this now, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's quite I funny was, when people was, come back. I was honest last time when I said one of my first memories was obviously um, I was a little junior footballer and I was a bit of a star when I was younger. Um, I was playing, I think I was five years old and I went straight into it. This is this VFL or AFL now. Yeah. But um, I was five years old and I was played on under 11s in my brother's team and just had a natural talent for it. And as, the, as I grew and went up through the ranks, when I actually came back into my own age group, I was just a good footballer with really good tenacity and good football brain. And um, yeah, kind of got picked up by a couple of different teams. And so that's that's my earliest memory, playing football and especially kicking, kicking it up in the air, marking it, kicking up in the air, marking it, <laughs> kicking and just, just get the feel for the football. The three or four hundred times a day 100%. you did that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting because the McVeigh brothers are playing in the AFL. So there's Jared who plays for Sydney and Mark who played at Essendon. I coached them when they were little kids. Wow. And uh, it's funny because I remember when Jared, he would have been five, five or six, and he was playing in our under-12 side. And um, his brother was, I think, two years older than him, so seven. <laughs> he's ripping the under-12s apart. Wow, like, yep. Their old man was one of the best footballers I've ever played with and he's the hardest bloke I've ever met in my life. Sure. And uh, it obviously just was in the bloodline, like yep. a good racehorse. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting just seeing these young kids actually go and rip it apart. And then, as you say, when you get back to that age group, That's right. they, uh, mate, they were, they were superstars. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Okay, so – School. Where where did you grow up? Where where did where were you born? I was born overseas. My parents are entertainers, so they were doing a, a circuit around Germany um, as travelling um, singers and guitarists and things like that. I was there for the first. Would we know them? Uh, yeah, they're actually called the Gibsons. They just believe it or not, they just performed their for their fiftieth um, year get back together down at uh, Kingscliff. Yeah, just uh, two weekends. Did you ago. go and watch it? I did, mate. I was very proud to see my parents who are in their mid seventies. That's awesome. Who were still entertaining. Have they still got it? Uh, my mum asked me the same question and I said, mum, you're fantastic. <laughs> mum might she listen goes, to this, remember? She goes, do I sound like a 70-year-old woman? I said, mum, you do. Yeah. But, but there's nothing wrong with nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. I said, a beautiful 70-year-old singer. So I watched them perform and, uh, yeah, mate, they're just, 
amazing to see that they've still got the spark of life yep. at that age. And uh, they're in a sort of a, a modern retirement village down there at Kingsliff. And the way that the, the whole um, community get around what they do, it's pretty special to see, especially at that age. Oh, that's good, mate. You're lucky to have them both alive. Yeah, I am, actually. Yeah. And so my old man passed away when he was 58. That's and right. uh, mum's still kicking. She's 72, 73. But yep. she's like, she, it's, it's really interesting when they get older. They get that really good group of friends. And it's like we were when we were at school. I, I, I honestly believe that life goes full circle. Yeah. And like, so they've gone now, they're in their little community again, like your parents are. Yep. And they've got a great group of friends. They're playing, they're having fun, they're doing all that, That's, which is the exact same stuff we were talking about before. Yeah. Like, How old were you when you lost your dad? Uh, 13 years ago. So I was 32. Sure. I was living Big in London. for you? Yeah, it was, it was pretty hard. But my old man um, had a few demons and uh, he ended up dying of liver disease. Okay. Um, but at the same time, uh, great bloke. And I miss him every day. Mate, and look what he spawned from you, so. I oh, thank you very much. But well yeah, yeah, it's, it's I just love seeing when the oldies get up there and, and still have a crack. Yes. Like yes. There's a lot of old people, like 70-year-olds that are 70 and, yep. oh, I'm old, I can't do nothing. Yeah. I, I train um, twice a day at the moment because I'm in a bit of a challenge and there's this old bird. She must be, oh, she's got to be in her 70s and she comes to boxing and she's there two days a week. She, like, touches the bag but she's got the gloves on and she's actually having a crack and yeah. you sit there going, there's all these oldies that are sitting back in their chair dying and then you've got this old bird that's out there having a crack like your mum and dad. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. singing, they're getting up, oh, and that's yeah. awesome, mate. Yeah. That, that's, that's a Living wonderful life to thing. The fullest, mate. What can you expect? That's all you can do, isn't it? Yeah. That's all you can do. So you were born overseas. What country? I was born in Great, uh, in Great Britain. So I was born in Rochdale, Manchester and uh, was there for, I think, probably three years, and then I came back. Have oh, you got a British passport? I do. I've got yeah. a dual passport. It's handy, isn't it? Very handy. <laughs> so it was hard for um, hard for my mum and dad to say goodbye while they went on and, and finalised their career. Um, so were they they're Australian? They're Australian. So they were touring over touring there? Touring around, doing all and the German. And you were born there? Yep. Siblings? I've got a brother. Yeah. Uh, he's down in uh, Melbourne at the moment. Was he born overseas as well? No, or? he's born in Australia. Okay. So I was the only one that born overseas. And uh, my brother, who ended up getting into theatre, was quite uh, annoyed that I had the dual passport because <laughs> he wanted to get into theatre and do a lot of the, the London shows and yeah. things like that. And I never I never actually went, haven't been back to um, to Europe apart from last year, like to, to do any work or live, yeah. even though I've had that dual passport. Oh, so really? So I've really kind of... Missed out, I guess. Well, I, nah, you, you've never missed out. You can always go and do it. True. I am. Um, I, I. We lived there for ten years. We lived in London, me and my wife, yep. and we had two girls there. And it's really funny because they both got British passports. Actually, our whole family has now. Yep. But um, one claims she's British, and the other claims she's an Aussie. And the oldest one's actually the Aussie, and the youngest one, oh, she goes for England in this and Great oh, Britain in this. She? Oh, it's hilarious. She's loyal. She was, she was only there for 18 months of her life. She's never been back. Yeah. But she's British. It's yep. that simple. So, yep. yeah, it's pretty funny how that all works. Um, so, you come back, you're three. So, it's just about to start school, well, kindergarten, preschool. Yeah. Where'd, uh, where'd you move back to? I was living uh, in a place called Heidelberg in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Is that where mum and dad were from? Did that's they move where my home? dad was from. So, okay. that was his home and I lived with my um, grandparents. Yep. Um, and so, it was pretty tough because even though I, I, I didn't really know I missed my parents, my, my grandparents used to always say, um, if, if a lady comes through, I'd say, is this my mum? Oh, really? This is pretty tough. Yeah, but, yeah. But, um, you know, I just... So uh, they kept travelling, did they, mum they, and dad? They kept travelling and then they made a decision. Um, to, they said, look, this is too hard on the mm. family to be apart. So they had to give up their career. So my dad came back and he was going to get a job with Channel 9 um, and that fell through because of the uh, financial sort of crisis back then. And, I and how old are you at this stage? Mm, I would have probably been about... Four, okay. At this day, four, five. 
at this stage. So, um, yeah, they came back and we ended up moving down to the beachside, um, beachside town of Frankston, mm-hmm. Mornington Peninsula. So my mum and dad worked for Allen's Music okay. back there. So yeah. funny story with that, when I was actually, um, Friday night used to be the late night shopping time for um, down in Melbourne instead of Thursday nights like up in Queensland. And I used to go into the record bar and my mum used to, babysit me or look after me but she used to just put me in the record bar with some headphones on and just play me <laughs> album after album after album pink floyd eagles doors and that's where my love of music is that where the dj had that's started where the love of music so <laughs> for all those years and then because um they worked in a record bar my mum did my dad was in the music part they would bring home for christmas i'd get all these bobby dazzler 76 hits and you oh, know, wow. all those compilation albums so music was ingrained in me really early I didn't really pick up the instrument till school. My brother was a drummer and I was a bass guitarist. Yeah. And the the school teacher in the band said, listen, don't do what your brother did. He came, We taught him drums and then he was supposed to go in the band, but he left. Don't do what he did. So I learned the bass and what did I do? As soon as I learned enough of the bass, I, left. Was, I was out. I didn't want to be in the school band. So <laughs> just wanted to play in a normal band. Yeah. And you did that? Yeah, I played with some some guys at school um, in a band called Static Three Piece, and because we weren't that developed in music, we used to play a lot of Sex Pistols. Yeah, we played uh, a lot of Led Zeppelin, that kind of stuff. And we played at um, people's you know parties and things yeah. like that. Just just what young kids did at that time. Oh, mate, you know exactly. I, mean? I remember that, uh, we had a group called the Legless Pedestrians. <laughs> hey, the Legless Pedestrians. That's a good I was name. And uh, they had this song. I was one of their roadies at the time. I was like 12 or 13, whatever it was. And so we were putting all this stuff together and they had this song called The Screamer and all they literally did through the whole song was scream, like really hardcore sure. music. They screamed and I still remember it to this day. Sure. Just the leg, great, great name for a band though. Yeah, The Legless perfect. Pedestrians. I wonder perfect. if they'll ever make a comeback. I don't think so. Though. Have you ever heard anything from them? No, I see some of the boys every now and then. They're just guys I went to school with. So, sure. yeah, it was pretty funny. So, you went, where'd you go to primary school? I was a place down in Frankston called Bellum Park. Bellum Park, primary, yeah. And that led into Bellum Park Tech, which is mm-hmm. across the road. That's the high school? Uh, well, it's a technical school back there. Yeah. And uh, then that took me into, I went, well, I went into um, uh, uni down at Chisholm and did that for a few years and then got my first job um, as a, uh, like a, Account executives down at Myers, Myers Frankston, oh, okay. early days. And back in the day. Back in the day. And so then, when you were at school, were you a good, bad? Were you a nerd? Were you a jock? Mate, I was Obviously a jock. Obviously you were a footy player. Jock. I was a mad – like my report card was really quite terrible. You yeah. know, a lot of I got them. C's and D's mm. and, a, and an A with about five pluses for sport and football. <laughs> and I should have just said, look, I'm going to go all in. But, yeah. um, you know, we, we spend half the time, as Gary always says, we try to always build out what we're negative at and not go into what our strengths are. Yeah. So. I wish back then I had him on my shoulder and said, listen, just go full on into football and stuff like that. Do you reckon he would have made it? I, I was on my way to make it. I had a great skill set. I was, I was um, getting picked for both St Kilda and Hawthorne in my early years, had to make a decision, and um, I was just too small. You know, like yeah. if I had the tools, I would have been phenomenal. But, um, yeah, it just didn't sort of plan out that way. I just wasn't didn't have the height you need for AFL football. Yeah, I was the same. I was a skinny little kid. Yeah. I tried with the Swans when I was 19, and uh, actually I was 18, and there was a, a guy named, uh, I think it was John, his name was Iron Munger. He was a young bloke. He sure. was 16. He played first grade for the Swans yep. at the time. Yep. We played against him in a school match and so we got to know these guys. We went to the trials and he just literally picked me up and threw me around like a rag wow. doll and yeah, it was you like, know you are there. yeah, it's it's one of those things where a couple of the bigger boys, they made it and uh, 
you look now and you think, well, I'm a bit bigger now, but a uh, skinny sure. little runt sure. at the time, it uh, yeah, makes a big difference. For sure. So, it's interesting you say that, though, because my school report card was very similar. Was All it? I did, I enjoyed the sport. I enjoyed yeah. that sort of stuff. Yep. But yeah, it wasn't really interested in the education system. Yeah. So, do you think it let us down? 100%. Okay. 100%. So that, that's my next question to you, actually. What do you think of the current education system? Because you've obviously got your uh, your family now. And uh, and what do you think should be changed? Look, I've got a little six-year-old little Jack, JD as I call him. Um, he, obviously those early years, it's pretty um, – it's a special time for him to be learning and I yep. think he's learning very well. Is he but learning the right thing? It looks to be. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I'm sort of gauging that he is getting a lot out of it, but then he's not really into the homework side of things as well. So yep. I'm letting it play out. Um, it's not much I can do. Um, I guess I'll see in the next couple of years as he develops into a, um, an early teen and, and how it develops further, how much that schooling is really um, supported his growth and his mm-hmm. learning potential. Um, yeah, I can only say I'm letting it play out at the moment. Letting it play out. I think okay. so. Yeah. I find it really interesting. So I've got four, um, four kids. They're nine, 11, 13, oh, sorry, 14 and nearly 16. So we've got year 10, year nine, year five, year four. But you've got them all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, it's really interesting because I look at it that my eldest, she'll finish school in two years. So she'll, the stuff she's learning now, we're still going to have the same jobs as, as we got now. I think a few changes. Mm. But like my little bloke in year four, so he's got, what's that, 12 years, 10 years, whatever it is left of school. Right, the world's going to be a completely different place. 100%. So the shit they're learning now, is that really going to benefit them in the future. Yep. And like, I, I'm a big fan of, of the guys that left school at 16 because they went and got a trade or the guys that, that, that did that. Well, now you get an opportunity to, to do a trade and you're schooling at the same time. Sure. So you can sort of hedge your bets. Sure. And th- there's a lot of different opportunities there now, which is really good. Sure. But I still don't understand why we're learning some of the shit that they, like they bring these mass questions home and I'm sitting there going, you'll never, you look, I don't mind, honey, if yeah. you fail that. You'll never use that yeah. in your entire life. Yeah. Like there's no way in the world you'll do that. Even if you're an engineer, you won't use some of that yep. stuff. So yep. we're still, we haven't moved forward with that education yep. system that I can see anyway. Sure. It's really interesting. I watch my little six-year-old and I know his best friend at the moment is Siri because he is getting educated, just asking those questions to Siri on the phone and she's coming back with the right answer. So yeah. he's learning. And I'm like, that six years old, he's learning all that. He's probably more educated than I was at six. Oh, hell yeah. And the conversation, I had a conversation with my parents last night about should kids have so much screen time? Love and, this conversation. And I know, and I know Gary's big yeah, on who yeah. gives, wants to give his kids screen time. I'm all in. Yeah. But it's a very divided argument or conversation when you're talking to an older generation who thinks that the kids aren't social anymore. Yep. And uh, had a very, very interesting conversation. I think I, I said to my parents there, he's more social than before. And they're like, we can't see it. He's not actually talking eyeball to all, eyeball yeah. with other kids. I said, yes, but he's also communicating on different platforms now than, you know, what you did back then. And yeah, definitely. they actually admitted, they said, like, I think we sound like our, our parents or your <laughs> grandparents. And they admitted that because I'm, I'm very proactive with how good we are in, in the market or just in life with all our devices yeah. and how connected we are yeah. at this point of time. But there's also an appropriate time and place to use them. Yep. Um, I'm a true believer in shaking someone in the hand, looking them in the eye. Yep. Same as when I cheers someone, it's always look them in the eye and cheers because you're, you're, you're communicating right. with them that way. And I yep. teach my kids the same thing. Yep. Um, but at the same time, we 
know they have to use technology. I'm a massive fan. I own a technology company. So I'm a massive fan of it. But at the same, we moved into a cul-de-sac about six months ago and there's kids everywhere. So my kids now get home from school and they run out the front and grab the footy. That is so special. And I'm I'm sitting there oh, my God, like this this is awesome. Whereas in the past they'd want to go and play the Xbox. or No, Dad, I'm going for a kick with with the young bloke or doing whatever. And it's like I love the mixture of it. And I think there's always balance that's required for this stuff because um, my kids don't play Fortnite. Yep. But everyone at school was talking about it. So they they, they come in. We've got a great relationship. They come to me and said, Dad, look, everyone, I don't understand what it is. So, well, let's play it. So I played it with them. They then have a go each. So now they've played it. Sure. You're not doing that anymore, guys. Yep. I'm not a big fan. Are you going to shoot someone in the head and then dancing? That's, yeah. I'm, oh, that's, I've never played it. So that's what that, it is. That's what it is. Yeah, you, wow. you're an army. You go and, you, and then you, you get killed or whatever and you're out. But then there's the winner and they do these dances. And But they because I've now seen it and they understand it, they, they can communicate and they can get in those conversations. Sure. However, there's some kids we know that up at 2 or 3 a.m. still playing these games and the parents go, I don't know what to do. Say no. <laughs> Pull the pin. Yep. Turn the internet off, whatever. Yep. There's a time and place for a lot of this stuff. Um, and But I'm, I'm a massive fan of screen time. That's what they got to do. It's what the future is all about. Right. Can I ask you a question? Obviously, yeah. you've got a um, few kids. What about nutrition? You've seen them go through nutrition trends yep. and the way that they're um, eating healthy and wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, my little six-year-old, he's a terrible eater. Oh, is he? Do I try to force him to eat the vegetables and things like that? I'll just let it play out. Uh, a bit of both. So it's really interesting. My wife, I have an amazing wife. My my wife's a natural therapist as well. She works at a local school, just in the office and stuff. But her whole thing is that as long as the kids eat well, that's fine. So she she feeds kids, I feed us. That's why we, we really do this. Okay. But at the same time is that um, my kids get given their dinner. If they don't eat it, they don't eat. <laughs> Simple. They, they learn real quick that they, they need to eat that. But at the same time, when they were little, a couple of them were really finicky and, oh, I don't want that, I don't want that. But it all comes down to, well, there's kids over there that don't actually have food. I think I'll use that as well. And that, and that's the attitude that yeah. we have. Is yeah. like my little fellow last night was pissed off at something and I'm sitting there going, what's wrong, buddy? And he's one that holds it all in. And I'm saying, he's got nothing, nothing, nothing. And my wife's in the kitchen and she just prepared these beautiful, like, homemade pizzas. And she's going, it's because I put avocado on his pizza. Too bad, son. I pick it off. <laughs> Seriously, yep. if you don't want the avocado. Yep. I then went to the gym and I come home and said, did he eat the avocado? And she goes, yeah. And it's just like, it's, yeah. they just get little things in their heads. And sure. well, it's tough. But at the same time, I made a, uh, a dish the other night where I put like something like 15 different green vegetables in the blender, mixed it all up and then mixed it with the chicken and made patties out of That's it. That's perfect. They um they thought it was the best thing they've ever eaten. Can we have that again, Dad? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, no yeah, worries. Perfect. So, yeah, you can hide it or we just keep it out in the open. To, to answer your question is okay. that we just say that's your food. If you're not hungry, then that's fine. Go to bed. They'll go to bed if you don't want to eat it. Don't want to eat it. Don't do it. But at the same time, we also don't force feed them. (laughs) So, like, if if they're full, they're full. Like, I remember when I was a kid, no, eat everything. Eat eat all the peas. Eat the grain. Why was that? No idea. I think that's the way they were brought up. See? Generational. It's like your mum said, oh, I'm starting to sound like my mum. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the things I come out with, oh, Jesus. (laughs) Where did that come from? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, you went to uni. What did you do at uni? I did business studies. Was it? Did you finish it? Yep. Yeah. I like I like school, but yeah. I couldn't wait to get out of it. I did a bit of a cadetship uh, for a while down there at uh, VFL House, and uh, I really thought that sports is what I wanted to get into. Yeah. So that's what I sort of did a bit of time at. Um, I ended up, believe it or not, not really enjoying the inside lifestyle. 
of executive work and ended up going into a bit of um, landscaping and construction. Okay. Spent a bit of time overseas uh, in Canada doing that. And while I was in Canada, I did a bit of snowboarding instructing. Yeah. So I was kind of trying to find my, my way in life and what I wanted to do. How and old were you at this sort of age, you reckon? I was sitting around about 23 at this point yep. in time. And, uh, You'll find your way in the world. Yeah, just look. Well, obviously, I was surfing back in the day, and uh, mate, that was that opened my eyes up to uh, the thrill yeah. of uh, catching the perfect wave, but putting yourself in situations where it was quite life threatening. I remember surfing uh, big outside corners at Uluwatu's, and a set come in, and it was like it looked massive, and I I ducked dive as as low as I, as deep as I could, and it just I got tumbled across that reef. Yeah. Popped up with the last bit of breath to another set coming on the head and got paddled out the back and said, man, what do I love doing this stuff for? You know, it was really <laughs> why, testing me. Why am I and here? And then I, I ended up uh, paddling into another wave and it was like looking over the side of this massive cliff. I was about to drop in and yeah. thought. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. You know? I like that at golf. I have a really shit game of golf and you hit one perfect shot and you yeah. think that's why I come back what next week. What is with golf? It's all these <laughs> random it, shots but... and then one perfect one. But I didn't move any different. What is it with that sport? I don't know. It's 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 one of the this year over the last year and a half I've been uh, learning how to meditate and that's one of the things that I now I now do and I learn how to instantly meditate on the golf course. That was one thing I've been taught. So I can literally stand there, big breath, go into the space and then swing the club. And every time I do it it works, right? But the thing is they actually then have the mindset to do that for every shot. Sure. And, yeah, it doesn't work. And sure. that never happens. Sure. But then you go back and do it again and it works again. And it's like it's like everything in sport or everything in life really is like if you, if you did everything perfect, it would be boring. So it's a, visual, it's a visual mindset before you swing. Definitely. Right? Okay. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't have a practice swing or anything. I just literally sit there, take a deep breath, and then just go, oh, now I've got to do it that way and I'll just do that. Yeah, sure. it's, it's really interesting. And, it is uh, interesting. And when I do it, it works. Um, it's just the thing is if I could do it for 18 holes, I'd actually go all right sure. in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it makes a champion golf, does he? He can do it for more over 100%. that distant time. Hundred okay. percent. So then, so you were at VFL House and those sort of things. You went overseas. How was Canada? Did you Canada enjoy that? Was mind blowing. I went there. Um, well, first of all, I got in. I was in Indonesia. I used to I used to leave Australia do because I was in Melbourne where it was cold. I used to go over to Indonesia and surf over there for three months and island hop and went to Sambawa and went to Nias and just did all this great stuff. And where's your favourite place in Indonesia? Um, I'd have to say definitely Nias, which uh-huh. is, remember, probably for people listening, if they remember years ago, they filmed a big coke ad there. It's like, where's the wave? And it was that. that oh, was, yeah, that was that's the Nias. That was the Nias wave. Like, oh, okay. I ended up um, all through my um, young grommethood, I was, would watch um, VHS movies and one that would always come to mind is um, Storm Riders. Okay, and within great that, movie. within that was the actual Thornton Philander when he tracked all the way to Nias. Took him, you know, 12 days to get there. Yeah. And I thought, I want to do that. So basically... I bounced off from um, from Bali and tracked all the way to Nias, kind of the same way that he did it through the movie. Um, it was a long road to get there because nothing really, nothing really intersected. You had to wait a day for that bus to come, and it was really raw Indonesia back in those days because it was in the in the late eighties, eighty nine. I went, and when I finally got there, I arrived there in the back of a truck and saw Lagundri Bay, and I saw the wave and. I got there and I was like, there was another conquer. Um, but that would have to be one of the best places because only at that time, only say 20 years ago, they were hit hunters. So when we walked into the main village, the older generation would look at us and we could see the chopping <laughs> He's blocks. He's got a big head. <laughs> chopping blocks. So it was like, really? Wow, I'm really, I've really gone back to um, the, the natives and how they lived. So that was pretty exciting for me to see that. Were you scared? 
Nah, that was, obviously time to moved on, but yeah. yeah. But a visiting soccer team had, had gone there and, and won the game and lost their head. That's what that's they right. said on Stormriders. So yeah. um just to be just to just to play that um travel that Thornton Philander did for me in, in, in my surfing time was yeah, pretty amazing. I ended up going back a couple more times. Uh, it's funny you say that. You watch that on a VHS. That's VHS. All. I, I, I showed my kids, uh, uh, we actually, I don't know where we got it, so a VHS player, and they go, what's that do? Yeah. That? Like, what what's goes, that taste how, how does that work? Because my kids don't even use DVDs. Like, to, probably the young bloke's probably never seen a DVD because it's all just been downloadable and, and streaming and all that sort of stuff. It's, do you think our kids have missed out? No, not they're, at all. They're well advanced. Yeah, I, I don't think they've missed out. Like, did we miss out because we didn't get the drive the Model T forward? Or we, did we miss out because um, the old big reels? Like, I still remember my granddad um, sitting in his lounge room in, in Sydney and they were playing the family movies of back when my mum was a little kid. Yeah. And they were literally on the reel-to-reel. Like, they, they hooked sure. them up and then they were sticky taped together and sure. all that sort of stuff. And then we were at the time obviously on Betamax or VHS. Yeah. And it was like... Wow, look at that shit old technology. Like, whereas you look now, it's all digital, everything, 4K, all that yep. sort of stuff. Yep. Um, did they miss out? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think it's good to look back though. Yeah. I think it's great to um, to show them some of that old stuff and then yep. they sort of have a bit of a laugh about how we did stuff. Sure. Like, That's almost a good segue into what I'm doing now at Hard Rock Cafe. You beautiful. Know, you walk into that place. Yeah. And, it uh, is like back in VHS. Wow. You, you've got some amazing memorabilia on the walls at those mm. places like, you know, um, <laughs> Billy Idol's guitar or Steve Vai's guitar or Elvis's pants. And like mm. people say, is this real? I'm like, that's the actual outfit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been st- it's come from the main vault over in uh, the States. And uh, it gets shipped out and it's placed. They must send the right people out yep. and place them on the walls. Um, but that place has got a great vibe at the moment. It's so what, tell, tell us about that. You've now started dart marketing. Yeah, I went into I did had some very good success with some other businesses I was marketing in the company mm. and decided, you know what, I really would love to test my thesis of how it all works. And that's my learning over the years and obviously listening to how um, Gary Vaynerchuk had, had profiled how he had success. I yep. just mixed it all up and – um, and thankfully when I did the last podcast, you actually said that there was an opportunity to actually meet the owner of Hard yep. Rock Cafe and I went and met with him and we had a great conversation. I ended up building a 145 page blueprint yeah. and present it to him. He loved, and it was full of wild, what, what did the, full what of wild did the, ideas. Yeah. What did the blueprint <coughs> contain? Are we, are we talking like someone, you go to him and tell you on a marketing, you go, okay, well here's four Facebook ads and here's this nah, and here's this is, that. What are you talking about? This complete walkthrough. I said, as soon as I, I just, I just put myself in the customer's. Um, point of view and I just as soon as I walked through the venue I said that must change that must change that must do that must have something um you must have uh, unbelievable customer relations you must the the brand must must ooze um empathy towards the customer I looked at the Facebook pages and there was no two-way it was always just pushing out all the stuff so since I've been with the company I've just been thanking and liking and mentioning and and just becoming a voice of the brand which has been very grassroots um and we're looking at um, bringing that major 25-metre Gibson guitar that sits on the corner of Cavill Avenue uh, to life nice. and putting some music in that because I think that's an iconic piece that's part of that Hard Rock Cafe that's only really just illuminated and hasn't really had an audible sound. So we're going to try and do that as, as almost like a clock chimes. Yep. 
want to have that kind of feel. Um, we've got a Harley Davidson bike in there from Axel Rose that sits up on a podium part as the top of the stairs. We're bringing that down to the floor level, anchoring that for safety, putting a backdrop and having that as a touch point for the fans of Hard Rock to sit on because it's actually Axel Rose's bike yep. and get an Instagram or a photo like that and make them part of the um, the ethos of the brand. That's awesome. So you make it more of an attraction than 100%. just a restaurant. There's not enough live theatre mm. in hospitality. Obviously, Dracula's did it in the early days, so very good. They probably still do it now. But I'm thinking the Hard Rock Cafe is such an iconic brand around the world. When you walk into that place, you should feel and and really respect the um, the kind of uh, memorabilia and the artists that have been part of that. But you want people to come back, and that's Correct. the thing. And you want them to go everywhere in the world. Like I remember Planet Hollywood. I've got a shot glass from every Planet Hollywood except the China one. Wow. That's that cool. I'd actually been to at the time. Planet Hollywood went bust, obviously, and yep. we, we know that story. But my thing was I want to go, oh, I'm going to this city. I want to go to Planet Hollywood and I'll get a shot glass. Yeah. Because then my collection, I've got all these these things. Yeah. I think it's really important when you go to somewhere like Hard Rock. Like we've got the Hard Rock, uh, I think they're the, the big uh, cocktail glasses yep. from uh, probably five or six different places around the world. Yeah. And it's just like a like a T-shirt or whatever it is yep. that it's sort of that memory of, oh, you remember? that night that's right experience. and those sort of things and i think it is all about experience yep. and my marketing has changed over the years like i'm sure you've you've had a number of jobs uh in a number of companies where, you, where you've done that and we mentioned red bull earlier sure. and um, you were one of the first people to to, to bring that to australia yeah. and uh, and i know we spoke about that last time probably a bit too much in depth but but the thing with red bull it's the same it's similar to the hard rock in the fact they're iconic brands yeah and people like Look at it. I think um, it was something like Hard Rock's in the top ten known actual brands in the world. I can see that. And if if you look at that, Red Bull must be up there as well. Red Bull's sitting about seventy one. Seventy one is yep. it? Okay. So it, it's it's really interesting because um, just by you say something to my kids about Red Bull, they don't drink it, but they say, "Oh, we'll give you wings." Oh, for sure. What a cut through um, message! Unbelievable. Yep. It, it's one of those things. Like yep. and. Uh, and we were out, uh, I had a boys weekend away a couple of weeks ago. Every year there's, there's between 12 and 15 of us that we went to school together. So this is like nearly 30 years ago now and we get together every year. We play golf and do that. And uh, we went to the pub and I was having a beer and one of the boys goes, do you want a vodka Red Bull? And I went, no. <laughs> I haven't done that since I was 16 or 18 or whatever it was. Yeah. But the boys are drinking vodka Red Bulls. And, mate, they must have been awake till 4 or 5 Oh, no doubt. It's not a sleeping tablet for sure. But it was just hilarious because that, yeah. that whole – um, thing that came into this country and and all the others where they were mixing the spirits and and those sort of things, um, I think that boosted it. And then they went down the the exports way, um, and that's people understand that oh Red Bull's like oh they they, they must be good because they're in these sports and stuff. Yeah, I just think that whole marketing piece is really interesting. Yeah. So well, what's what's your sort of take on? The changes in marketing and, and what's – because you've been doing this for a number of years now. Yeah, look, it used to be one – it used to be sort of a push marketing. Yep. But now it's conversations. Okay. You know, the, the one thing I've learned and what Red Bull deal did really well is they, they had a brand personality. The can had a personality and it needed to be uh, someone you could be friends with. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing I took out of that. So that's what I'm trying to do with Hard Rocket. You need to have that brand and you need to visit that establishment and feel like you're going to a friend's place. That's what I'm really trying to, to move forward with and make it that uh, the food's fantastic, the experience is great, and it's talked about. Yeah. And with social media and especially tablets and phones, it's easy to check in and talk about it. And then the brand will come on behind you and say, hey, I'm thanks for visiting. That was great. Like a friend's having a conversation. Yeah. 
that's how it, that's how well, how I found it I had a really bad experience with Domino's Pizza of all places. Okay. Um, I went in there, they do the best thick shakes, it's just ridiculous. But sure. anyway, I went in there and and this girl that served me, she was just like, Yeah, whatever, whatever. And then she starts screaming at everyone in the place. So I get straight on Twitter and just put worst customer experiences I've ever had. Wow. Um, within seconds, someone from Domino's come back saying, oh, can you can you DM, direct messages yep. and tell us exactly what's happened. We're really sorry, blah, blah, blah. Sure. And I've gone, hmm, okay. So I, I followed the Yellow Brick Road and I went down there and I told them about what had happened. They come back in minutes saying, thanks so much for your feedback. We really appreciate it. We're going to send a, a uh, local manager out there to, to speak to the staff, to do this, to train them. To, I didn't want to get the girl in trouble. That wasn't my point. The point was I had shit service, so I right. told people about it. Yep. But they jumped all over it. Yep. And it's that whole conversation piece sure. you're talking about. Yep. Well, I went back there, not the same shop. I went to a different one but because they gave me a voucher or they gave me whatever they did. Yep. It was all about actually solving the problem. Sure. And every business has standards. And if the employees aren't living up to those standards, then they need to be reprimanded for they that do. because the business is there to make business. Yep. And business is about customers. And if the customers aren't having that experience, then no one's winning. Customers don't come. You don't have a job. Correct. It's really interesting. I, I read at the start of the um, this conversation, the start to your LinkedIn profile, and I find it really amazing, those numbers. <laughs> seven, six point, seven point six billion people on earth and 3.2 are on social media. It's amazing. It's uh, it's unbelievable, really, when you look at it and growing well, everyone's 10%. Now, everyone is now their own media company. Yeah, 100%. A lot of people are using it to PA themselves you know that's why festivals are doing so well people aren't always going for the festivals they're going to say i've been to the festival Mm -hmm. um but we're becoming our own media companies which is great because it's giving a chance to tell your story of life can you imagine can you imagine i was telling that story before about my parents are traveling around in germany if i could watch their travel now yes would be phenomenal but it wasn't known back then um and a a lot of these uh internet stars like gary vaynerchuk who are documenting documenting their life it's amazing how his daughter, Misha or son, Zan, they couldn't watch dad and how he was going to business and how he was changing lives every single day. Like I want to see uh, little Xander Vaynerchuk when he gets on social media yeah. and he starts becoming uh, similar to his dad and being a star. And I just think it's, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, it, it, it is amazing. Um, I, I noticed this week that Cosmopolitan magazines, they're, they're Australian Cosmopolitan's the last um, run is this week. They're, they're pulling out of the market from um. – uh, an actual physical magazine. They're for obviously sure. still going to have the online stuff. Sure. And I noticed when you were looking at working at Surfing Life and all those sort of things back in those days, it was all about the advertising and marketing in those magazines. 100%. It was a captured market. Yeah. So you had that you had that message to market the whole time, except the um, the platform was changing because the attention was moving away from just that that tactile magazine, which people still love that feel. Yep. But they were getting their news from different sources, and that was coming through their digital devices. So, do you think magazine is dead? No, it'll always be there. Just won't be the volume it used to be. Will it make the vinyl comeback? You know how like vinyls now the trend, and it's like everyone's starting to get back. It went sort of vinyl and laser. Di- was a laser disc, laser disc, CD, yeah, all those yeah. sort of things. And then now, yeah, direct- there are artists streaming. who are just coming out, and now vinyl vinyl's now. coming yep. back. Yep. Everything ebbs and flows, doesn't it? Yeah, so I wonder what will happen when that magazine plays. Because I, I don't know whether people will market in them anymore. That's the big difference. Yeah. Like, would you put your hard-earned, for, let's say Hard Rock, good example, you wouldn't put an ad for Hard Rock in Surfing Life magazine. Only if I knew now. the attention was there. Yeah, that's or the it, eyeballs. That's, that's, that's what it's all about, yep, isn't it? That's the only thing. You've got to go where the uh, the eyeballs are because that's yep. the currency. And, uh, you know, all these micro-influencers at the moment, they're getting the attention. Um, so you just got to look around the market and see who is – 
garnering the attention and who's getting profiled and just position your brand right with them. Um, another thing we spoke about last time you were here was the Commonwealth Games. Yep. And you guys at the time, you were working with Play Hard Sports. Correct. And you guys had the opportunity to um, work with the Commonwealth Games team and sure. all that sort of stuff. Sure. Was the Commonwealth Games a good thing for Queensland? Uh, it was a good thing for a sporting event. Yes. Phenomenal for a sporting event. It was a good thing for us as a, a Queensland business to be part of that, yep. which we really needed to be part of that. We were profiling a brand new product in market that was just about to be launched internationally, which gave it a nice little footstep into that market. Um, but that's a sporting product. Correct. Yeah. So as far as the, you know, you mean just a general consumer, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there was a, a lot of uh, issues around that. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of the um, patronage was scared off not to go in some of the key, yep, key areas. areas. Yep. So that, there was some bad marketing around that. Yeah, there was. Um, I was interesting. I spoke to a, a local councillor and his whole thing was it was a great sports carnival, which is what it is. That's it. <laughs> um, the people that – if you owned a restaurant and thought you were going to make an extra million dollars yeah. just from the, the the thing, well, if you have a look at the the times that these things are on, they're on at 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. Some of the games. So you're not going to get the food, but you're not going to get the yeah. walk flow. You're not going to get all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think from a, an event on the Gold Coast, it was amazing. It was couple, we, we had a great two weeks. We yeah. were, uh, were going to events and having heaps yeah. of fun. Yeah. But at the same time is does it now leave a legacy? Like it was good for, for Play Hard because yeah. obviously it was a, a somewhere for you guys to put a, put a piece of equipment that yeah. you can then sell globally. For the Gold Coast now, we've got a number of different uh, venues that, that can be reused and all that sort of stuff. So that, that's a good thing. Yeah. For things like Hard Rock Cafe and those sort of restaurants and Cavill Mall and that whole sort of central part of Surface Paradise, they didn't see it. They, no, they, 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 there was a lot of negativity yeah. around that. Yeah. Has that bounced back now? We're six months on. Is is the vibe back in Surface Paradise and, and Broadbeach. I know a number of restaurants slowly, shut in Broadbeach. Yeah, slowly. I know Broadbeach was was better. Yep. Um, I went to the netball at the convention centre and uh, before and after the event, we actually were around Broadbeach and mm-hmm. that was quite buzzing. Yep. Um, but to answer your question, I think in Surface Paradise, it's still a little bit lean. Yep. This is a slow time of year, but coming into schoolies, which is just around the corner and also coming into Christmas, I think it'll bounce back nicely. So what do you do for schoolies for Hard Rock? What's what's part of this 148 plan? Primarily, they've never been a big client no, uh, of Hard course. Rock because they're a younger one. We are looking at doing maybe a uh, virtual drone racing okay. inside uh, one of the rooms we've got there, the surf room. So we're looking at that. Um, we would love them to come and, and have a look at some of the memorabilia. Yeah. You know, um, it's something that we will have to work on to try and get their advocacy to come in because it's a little bit old school for yeah, those yeah. guys. So. We're going to have to be a bit uh, tenacious about how we bring them in. I, I think it's a great idea. Like you start using technology to Correct. actually get them in because that's what they want to do, isn't Correct, it? Yeah. Correct, No, that's awesome. Okay, mate, I've got some quick fire questions for you. Go ahead. Hang on. I'm going to meet. What's your favourite food? I am loving um, Hard Rock Cafe burgers right now. <laughs> <laughs> Love them. The Legend Burger is fantastic. Probably the best burger I've tasted. Really? American cuisine. It's fantastic. I love American cuisine. Favourite song? Uh, I am loving, thanks for putting that on me. I am probably loving, uh, a little bit of Rod Stewart at the moment. I don't know Rod. why, I don't know why. How are, what, what, what era of Rod? Look, I've, I'm just, he's a, he's been a bit of an idol to me because he's just got that great raspy voice Yeah. and Rod, you know, he can stand up in a pub and let it loose and people just stand and, and, and watch. love it. I just, yeah, he's got, he's a great entertainment. Okay. So who's your favorite band of all time? I'm, I've always loved Midnight Oil yeah. since my early days. One of the earliest, probably that's another early uh, memory I had, went and saw them at Astor Theatre in Caulfield. 
Okay. Sorry, was it Caulfield? I think it was Caulfield yeah. in Melbourne. And I was only very young and I got in and, yeah, it was just amazing to see Peter Garrett come alive in early days. And oh. this is just when they brought out uh, 10 to 1, even yep. though I'd loved him since, head injuries and self-titled and place without the postcard. But this is when I got to see him. And, and I, when yeah. they played only this strong, I was like, my God, it just erupted. And, yeah, I just loved it. So <laughs> I got to see him last year up on the sunny coast. Yeah, was it? Uh, it was awesome. Okay. And it pissed down rain and everyone, but no one cared. It yep. was just like, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And glad, they said, we're going to go and we're going to keep playing unless we get electrocuted. That's the yeah. only reason. And then yeah, they back. were talking about going to a pub afterwards. If we get, if this turns off, we're going to go around to the local and we'll finish it there and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And they're a real true Australian brand. Good. I love that. Good. What's your favourite movie of all time? Uh, I would have to say uh, Storm Riders. Storm Riders. Yeah. They're cool. Just because it, it made me um, become very adventurous. Changed your life. Yeah, it changed my life. So I started surfing and looking at different diff- different destinations around the world to go surf. Yeah, mate, we, we went and saw A Star Is Born the other night, that new uh, Lady Gaga movie. Okay. Oh, my God. It's, it's Seriously, I reckon it's up there, one of the all-time favourite movies. Really? It's, and this is something I saw last week because yep. – and I'm a massive movie buff. I love my movies. Yep. And the impact that movie had on me yep. was something that hasn't happened since probably like a Forrest Gump or something wow. like that. that. It's something that you always remember. I'm going to go see because um, I, I pay attention to your recommendations. Mate, that's, uh, it's seriously, it's, it's unbelievable. I want to go and see it again and see the bits I missed. That's how good wow. it is. What about the new Queen one coming out? I look forward to that. My wife's not a Queen fan at all. And she's I not. said, you have to come with me. And she's going, okay. Then we saw the shorts to it and she goes, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's, uh, how could she not be a Queen fan? Oh, I don't know. My wife's special on that front, Ooh, but <laughs> she does wow, love uh, she does love like um, Katy Perry and all that okay. sort of stuff. A bit different to Queen. Sure. Favorite sports team in the world? Uh, I can't go past the Gold Coast Suns. Oh, look at that! Got to throw them in. Oh, well done. Yeah. So, who were you before a Suns sport? Look, I was a big Essendon fan growing yeah. up. My auntie was massive, and I sort of fall, I fell in behind her, and then I jumped around for a while. I was with Carlton and. and uh, also the Tigers for a while, but definitely, look, you've got to love your home team. You do. You I just hope just, they get better. They will. <laughs> they will. Growth, growing pains. Mate, I'm a, I'm a Manly fan and a Swans fan, so okay. I've got no, not much luck at the moment. So yep. let's go to the Gold Coast teams, sure. I reckon. So what's next for uh, Mr. Dart? What's going on? Look, I'm going to continue on with Hard Rock and play hard sports and drive their business. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to to my my family and my son growing up and just living on the Gold Coast. A great place to live and yeah. great people. You're here and um, look, you look outside today and it's just a beautiful, sparkling blue day. And uh, this place is is going places. I'm glad to be part of it. It is, mate. It's interesting because when we one of the the last times I remember before here, I saw it was at Terry Tapatisa's fiftieth, and you were uh, doing the DJ the thing. Dicks. And uh, I had Tapper in here a couple of weeks ago, oh, about a couple months ago now. Yep. And uh, he's going to bring out an EP. So he's actually going to bring out uh, his own album. And I was talking to him yesterday on just on text message. Yeah. And I said, like, where is it? So he sent me a uh, oh, he's moving a, forward. a little thing, yeah. And he goes, are you still keen? I said, yeah, mate, we're, we'll push it out through Meteor 8. Let's have Absolutely. a crack at this. And uh, just to see that bloke, he's, he can't get much more Gold Coast than, than Tapper. Right. And just see him like he's now, what, 53, 54, he's just having a crack. And uh, that's what the Gold Coast is all about. Yeah, look, he's a great ambassador for this place. And, you know, he's still doing the surf reports, as I yeah, believe. Yeah, Tapper for mayor, that's what I reckon. Oh, we should start Campaign. That? Can you imagine that? That'd be all off to have a chat to him about that. Well, I reckon I mean, we could do that. I mean, a bit of social media between I mean, us. We can throw that out there. Tapper for mayor. Sure. Hey, have you been to Hodder? Hodder? No, home I actually arts? have. Yeah, yeah. Home of the Arts. What do you yeah. think? I don't think that much about it personally. Okay. I, I haven't been to the big shell thing yet. Okay. I only went back into the art centre. Uh, complete waste of money. Okay. Um, what about you? Do you like it? Uh, I'm looking forward to an event coming up, Ministry of Sound. 
Oh, that'd be good. So I'm going to go check it out. Old school ministry of sound. Old school ministry of sound, and it's just done through all through orchestral. So we'll see how that goes. Wow, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Big fan of that. Okay, mate. Well, once again, thanks so much for coming my in to pleasure, see me. Mate. You're an Thank awesome you. human, and um, I keep up with what you're doing. You're doing a great job with hard rock, and uh, let's make a difference on the coast. Mate, thank you so much, and I uh, appreciate everything you're doing. Cheers, champ. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And what an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macker, and look out for more Meteor 8 podcasts.